Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everyone and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Ian Kroll and I'm joined by Joe Thomas. Joe, how are things? Yeah, not too... We're back again. It's like we've never gone home. Yeah, we're back again. And just for anybody just wondering, this isn't an emergency podcast. It's where because you've heard news. Uh, elephant in the room is, is the points of appeal verdict, isn't it? I think... Uh, as at this present moment in time, what are we on? Just come back to lunchtime on the Friday. We've not yet heard anything. Um, there's a chance it could come today, but obviously with each passing moment, it's, uh, it's not out and we don't hear anything. The greater the chance it gets end up next week. So that's where we are at the minute. Yeah. Um, we're also joined by Gav Bucklands. Gav, how are things? Uh, Joe described it as fresh just before we went on there. <laughs> <laughs> that's because we're not podded since Monday, probably. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Just I was listening to the, um, the pod from yesterday this morning. Yeah. All good stuff. Well worth uh, listening to if nobody's heard it about, about, the, about the appeal. Uh, not the appeal, the, well, the 777 takeover decision. And it's well worth listening to a lot of good points raised by people watching and, and Joe and, and yourself. Yeah, fantastic stuff. So the agenda today, guys, for those there watching on YouTube and Facebook, we are live, so just remember to get your questions in, get your comments in, and I will feed them to Joe and Gav, and we'll try our best to get through as many as possible and answer as many as possible. So the agenda, it's you know mainly about Palace. We have got a, a massive game on Monday, but we are going to talk about 777 a little bit um, and a little bit of the points deduction. We can't not touch on that, obviously, Um in today's pod, but Joe, we'll start with you. Like, like I said, that it is Palace. We we play Monday. Sean Dice's press conference is a, a, a strange Saturday, Saturday morning. Um, so you are you going to be up bright and early to get to Finch Farm? Yeah, that's it. I'll be at Finch Farm Saturday morning. First Saturday press conference I've known in my two years covering the Blues, but I think Gav's already alluded to David Moyes having yeah. had a, a habit of doing that towards the end of his of his tenure, perhaps for his relations with some parts <laughs> of the press weren't particularly good. Um, yeah, interesting one. A lot of people have been asking me why it's Saturday. And the honest answer is I don't know. It may be that Everton anticipated yeah. there being uh, yeah. an appeal verdict in these coming days and didn't want to end up in a scenario where they might end up clashing with an announcement that m- might make sense. Could also be simple things of you know staff because of half-term holidays or could be something along the lines of obviously could with a Monday game, the players, and I imagine Deitch would have probably had Thursday off and then yeah that might they might have overlapping commitments on the Friday so could be any one of a number of things but again just to stress there is no points the deduction appeal verdict yet but as soon as there is we will be straight on it with everybody yeah absolutely uh, Gav just straight to Palestine how massive is this game on Monday 
massive become even more complicated by the events of Palace yesterday, hasn't it? Really, yeah, with with Roy and I, I think you mentioned yourselves. You know, hope Roy's okay. You know, on the grand old man of English football, um, but they're in. I mean, we're in a state of flux, and they're in a state of flux at the moment. So on, on the pitch, at least for them, and and that doesn't help. Um, but yeah, it's probably five points ahead. It's it's. Not not for the first time. It's a massive game against Palace of Goodison, isn't it? Really, um, I don't know what the what your expectations are, but it's a game you can't afford to lose. But it just throws into. I said this on Monday. This just this is a game that just throws into the the nature of of the ten points appeal deductions. That you know, you'd have a different view of the you know, if the appeal came out. We got a favourable decision. It puts a slightly different context on on Monday's game. But the gap's five points, and you've got to live with it. Um, it's a game we've got to win, hasn't it? Simple as. The, the, the advantage we've got, really, I suppose, is that it's Monday and I think everybody else has played by then and you might have a better insight on what you, you need to do. But um, it's, it's, it's a win-win game. End of for me on uh, Monday. Joe, you, I remember you saying when Everton had that like good run form uh, when we won the four games in a row, that those games weren't actually, so, or some of them weren't actually must-win games. Because mm. um, when Everton... In the past, over the past couple of months, when Everton have won a game, it was kind of a, a must-win game. So, is Palace now a must-win game? It's definitely a must-not-lose game. I think. I think that's the reality because you know when we perhaps saw this work against Everton with Luton in the FA Cup, you know, momentum at this stage of the season is so crucial. And one of the many frustration things, frustrating things about that Luton game was the poor performance from Everton. The fact that Luton snatched a win, and then you saw they then went on a winning spree after it, which took yeah. them above Everton in the league. Meanwhile, Everton have kind of continued in this. The performances are quite good, and the results are quite good, really. Points against Villa, points against Spurs, yeah. Yeah, point against Fulham. They were all decent results, particularly... Mm in the context in which Everton were operating. A Fred Bear squad with a terrible injury list at, at the time. And the danger for Everton, I've said this in the past, is that Everton's context, what is good for Everton becomes removed from what is good for staying in the Premier League. Um, so far at the moment, Everton are kind of just clinging on and, and, and they're, they're still in the bottom three, but they're um, yeah, obviously close to, to, to Luton. So I think that, Palace are coming downwards, aren't they? They're clearly on a negative trajectory. There's clearly a lot of problems there on the pitch, and obviously we know about the the issues with, with with Roy, and we wish him the best in relation to that. But this is a real, real opportunity to set a marker down to get in within touching distance of another club. If Everton was to win on Monday, they probably come out of the relegation zone. Not only they probably come out of the relegation zone, they get that big step towards you know grabbing onto the coattails of dragging another team into the mess. And we've seen it with Everton over recent years. When you're the team that's on that downward spiral, you look at these games with such trepidation. These are the games you don't want to lose to the ones below you because it drags you. It just exacerbates all those problems. Palace have got a huge injury list. They've got some wonderful players. You know, there's there is a there is a unit there that is a, a big opportunity for someone to take you know, grab hold of and, and take mm. forward the likes of Elise and Eze. They're just fantastic. Mark Wahey as well. But they're all out injured. So this is kind of this there's these these many different narratives or strands of narrative of the game on Monday. And one of them, and we'll obviously come on to this, is the injuries. It feels like Evan are just starting to come out of their injury problems at a time when Palace are going into theirs. This is a Palace side that for so many reasons is vulnerable. This game is important for so many reasons, more than just that three points. And as a result of that, they, they certainly can't lose. And it has to be seen as a huge opportunity for Everton. 
Just a reminder, keep getting your questions in on the on YouTube and Facebook. We are live and there are comments coming in, so we will get to them. But Gav, obviously, you know, we we win this game on Monday and we bring Palace firmly into that relegation battle. That's probably the the there's two incentives, obviously, as Joe mentioned, you know, we win this, you know, we should, you know, move ourselves out of the relegation zone. But, you know, the more teams in that relegation battle you would, you know, perceive to be the better. Um Palace, as again, Joe mentioned, you know, not in a in a in a great moment. So we bring that after that after yeah. you know, Goodison, uh, the match of Goodison, we win, we bring them in it. Uh, absolutely, I, I said must win game, not because I get Joe's points about must not lose. I mean, that's it's must not lose and then must win is we're getting to that point of the se- the campaign. What is it? Fifteen games. Yeah, it's about fourteen games. Yeah, you left left in the season. Someone got fifteen. Is you looking at the games and saying we need to win there? We need to win there. We need to win there. You know, you're looking at the home games in particular. This is and, one part. And, 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 and this is this. And I think it's a must-win game because it's one of those games that you're looking at the end of the season. If, if we are to stay up, and if we just assume the ten points is it, it stays at ten points, and we need to get up to maybe mid thirties. This is a game you've got to win. Yeah. And uh, regardless about who Palace are or where, what their position in the table is, it's a, it's a game. It's a must-win game for me. Um, but I, I agree. I agree with what Joe's saying there. They're, they're sort of... I think they won a couple of games in the last five or six, but you, the music's not great. They've got... Dare I say, they've had a few protesting fans, haven't they? Off, off the pitch. And, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a game that I think we'd be eminently capable of winning. I, I, shared, I shared Joe's sentiments again. Is... I'm trying to think how many say over the last say since November, how many games will be played poorly? Not many. Not, not many. many I'd say Wolves away would be one. Yeah. Luton at home in the FA Cup. Um and apart from, in the cup. Yeah, Luton in the Cup, yeah, yeah. Um and and apart from that, I'm thinking of yeah, this be could have got better results, but I can't remember thinking, I'll tell you what, we were rubbish today. No. You know, we we've picked up points in games that actually perhaps we expected to to get beaten. You know, pal, uh, space show plenty of character, so we have been remarkably consistent. I think in the league in terms performance wise since since the well, when was the Bournemouth game? That was October, wasn't we? Won three 0 We sort of turned the corner then, didn't we? Yeah. And and so we have got a, a decent level of performance, which has been very encouraging when you consider the injury list and the fact that we've got a small squad. And I think if we carry on like that. I think this is the type of game that I think we can win. We've been reasonably, we've, like last Saturday, we've been good at the back. Um, All valid points, and, I yeah, think. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But it's mid-February now, yeah. and we haven't won a league game this season. This year? This year, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd be worried if it was this season. Know, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me get it right. So this, yeah. this year. Yeah. So it's not... I'm, uh, yeah, I know. I'm just trying to flower it up here, you know. No, no, I'm and, not trying yeah. to be negative. I'm just trying to suggest it's not, it's not a great... No, no, great luck, and we are nineteenth in the fourth. And table. we've not scored a goal goal in open play in the Premier League since uh, the City game before Christmas. At Christmas, isn't yeah. it? No, I get all that. I think what I'm saying is, it, it's not as if we're on a run of really poor performances, and you think, oh, you know, no. I, I fear for I fear for us here. We are we we have played at a level that I think you would expect us to play. That's in keeping with the the, the team we've got, and at some point within that, you would hope that we just get a little bit of luck our way. Dare I say a penalty? <laughs> and um, you know, and and that, that so to 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 be Palace, we don't have. Um, I think after about five minutes of talking, to be Palace, I don't think we have to elevate our performances over the last five or six weeks that much. I think there's enough there to show that actually we can win it without really having a massive step change in in how we need to play. It's not only really that as well. It's, I mean, obviously they've only 
they haven't got the win in the Premier League so yeah. far in this calendar year. They've only lost once, and yeah. that was at Man City last weekend. So, I mean, and, and I know that the winless run extends back to Burnley about December the 16th in the league anyway, but they've played Tottenham twice in that run, and they got one point, and they probably deserved four. four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least yeah. four from those. They played City twice. And they've given City probably two of their harder games, yeah. I think, you know, in, in, in that run. You have 71 minutes until City had a shot on target the other day. You can argue that it might have been inevitable. We know the strength of their bench, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's boring. Nobody wants to think about that game after it happened. I know because I write stories and nobody wants to read them because it was just so just predictable what happened that, that you know, it was the obvious thing. But, you know, I don't I think it would be harsh to take them those elements of the performances and the run away from the, the context because this isn't a side this is a side that's only you know that hasn't won in two months in the league but that doesn't feel it doesn't have the feeling of a side that's gone two months without a league win um because actually i think some of the performances have been all right particularly when you say you mentioned the context of relegate of the, the injuries and, and i think some of the results have been quite good against very good team and he just it's just those crucial moments it's can if Calvert-Lewin scores that goal um, after he's played through by Dan Juma against Aston Villa in a nil-nil, it's if Beto heads that in or they get the penalty of Anthony Robinson um, against Fulham away. You know, it's mm. it's if the first Dominic, it's if the Dominic Calvert-Lewin doesn't get goal, doesn't get pulled back against Spurs and it's 2-1 just after um, half-time, just before Christmas with Spurs. All those moments have kind of gone against Everton. Like, you know, Everton aren't a lucky side and they deserve some luck, but we can't rely yeah. on that. I think, and because we can't rely on that, we have to do what Deitch, one of his many kind of phrases, he's had some new phrases recently. Some, I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed last week the, uh, the 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 description of pressing like Chris Bags in the wind if you do it wrong. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we had after the game, we had whippers, dippers, and clippers when he was talking to, um, trying to tell his Everton players not to concentrate on scoring trendy, trendy goals. But one of his common ones which we've heard so many times is control the controllables. And I think that's a kind of a good framework to think about this Crystal yeah. Palace game on Monday because we talk about relegation battle at the moment. This Palace game for me feels very similar to Fulham at home, which they lost and they just didn't show up in at the back end of last season. Well, this is one of which is probably going to be one of a handful of opportunities, and these opportunities are running out to actually put Everton in a position where even with the ten points deduction, they take themselves out of a relegation battle. If Everton win on Monday and results go for them this weekend, that might not be the case. Luton play at home against Manchester United, they're in form, but we know that Manchester United can be flaky. Forrester at home to West Ham, that could go anyway. But there is a scenario where Everton could win against Crystal Palace, a very winnable game against a team that is, as I say, on a downward spiral, that Everton probably go into that game for favourites. They haven't got, they've got into get many games as favourites um, over the two-month period that they haven't won a league game in. But all of a sudden, you could pull yourself out of the relegation zone. You could quite possibly pull yourself ahead of Luton, pull yourself ahead of Nottingham Forest, who will also be looking nervously at whether they're going to get points deductions, yeah. how serious that's going to be. Put yourself within two points of Palace with a better goal difference. And look, we haven't had the appeal verdict yet on the points deduction. I don't... like. I Look, I've got no insight to this. But I think if you you can if you remove all the arguments about you know the mitigating circumstances and, and what caused the deduction, whatever the fact that they got ten points and administration's nine just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Obviously, there's no explanation in the report. Then there may be some sensible explanation behind it, but we haven't seen it yet. 
And bearing in mind how, I mean, I know we're covering all territory here, but bearing in mind just how severe the impact of a club going into administration is on so many other people inside the football pyramid and outside the football pyramid. The 10 points, the one benchmark we have for a, a deduction is the nine points for administration. And I don't think exceeding this breach, exceeding these rules by nearly 20 million pounds can really fairly be judged based on what we know anyway as being worse than that. So say, for instance, I'm always going into the appeal thinking, surely they get at least two points back. Well, they beat Palace, other results go for them. And then say, I don't know, report comes out next Wednesday and they get two points back. They're above Palace again. And then all of a sudden you go Brighton away, Brighton, a very difficult game, but anything can happen. There's West Ham at home the weekend. This is an opportunity here to not just bring someone else into a relegation zone. It's not just give Everton, get Everton out of the relegation zone. It's an opportunity to put one, to take take one big step to maybe creating a situation which would be remarkable given the points deduction, even if that is reduced, where Everton could actually move towards a scenario where they don't end up in a really, really severe relegation battle like they have done in recent years. Now, obviously, even if Everton climbed up the table, there's going to be that nervousness around whatever happens with the first appeal the second case, Everton could, there, there is there will not be a point this season now where Everton could afford to stop winning games and accumulating points. They've just got to get as many yeah. as they can to protect themselves as much as possible. But I think that this has to be seen on, on Monday as a real, real opportunity to take a massive leap forward this season. Um, and I think one of the, one of the worrying things is I think for everything for for all the wonderful for for all the progress that's clearly been made under Sean Dyche clearly been made. Mm. There have been a couple of times under his tenure where Everton have got on the brink of these almost taking two step forwards rather than one step forward. And they've not taken. I mentioned that Fulham game last year where they could have just removed themselves from trouble and they didn't. They turned, yeah, that's a Fulham side without Mitrovic. Silva was in the stands. They had nothing to play for and Everton just didn't turn up and got battered. You know, and then you look at things like, obviously it was in the FA Cup, but the looting game, it felt like a big game from a momentum wise. It felt like an opportunity to get into the fifth round of the cup as well and just get another win in the season and just start building something with the home fans as well. Because obviously they haven't seen that many wins this season. And again, it was a missed opportunity. You got the tactics wrong, it backfired, got a really damaging defeat. Um, so I just hope that this time they can kind of, you know, they can just grasp onto it and just hopefully take, there's an opportunity presenting itself here and, I think it would be a real shame if Heaven don't take it. That, 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 on. The other one that shows Fulham and it's Fulham in the uh, Fulham. Carabao Cup was a massive opportunity missed, and I don't think we won since then, have we? I, think, that, I feel that, like that that's, where it's, uh, that's where the momentum just completely yeah. stopped. I mean, I know yeah. Joe's mentioned, you know, we played the likes of Tottenham City twice, uh, and we played Villa, you know, all tough games. But I don't think on one hand you can say, well, we played all these tough teams, but now we've got Palace coming up, who, who, who like we've already. Suggested not in a good space, not in a good place themselves. So we can't. I don't think we can have it both ways and go. Well, we played our games and we didn't win. Well, now we've got a bit of an easy game, and I think we've got. This has got to be a win. That's otherwise, what said, yeah. Yeah, otherwise it's got to. You're looking at, you know, further down the line where it is. It is most win games against tougher, tougher opposition. They, they, they just I mean, I know Brighton. They're not great at the moment. They're, they, you know, they were unlucky last week. So you've got Palace at home, Brighton away, where we played well last last season and we you know we be held them at Goodison for a long period of the time and then you got West Ham at home and they're they're in a massive state of flux as well aren't they West Ham they've they've not won this year have they in the Premier League. So you're looking at those three games as a little package of three games. Going back to your point Joe, if you if you get a couple of wins there and possibly a draw which are eminently capable of, mm. all of a sudden 
you've got to, you, you, you go and you go in into smart, isn't it? Yeah. You go into smart, you've got a completely different view and things. And so it, it's not just this Palace game; it's the next next three games, I think. And then we come to Man United, isn't it? First week, first second week in March, um, and and then you know that's that's a, a massive opportunity. Two very winnable home games, something away from home, we can get something from. You know, if we get 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 one win, a couple of draws, two wins. Also, that you're looking at possibly a different position as we go into March, where the fixes are a little bit more difficult. Mm. We play the derbies in March as well, isn't it? I think the week it's after the United game. Due to be yeah. in March, but yeah. obviously, if, if if Liverpool get through to the if Liverpool win the next FA Cup yeah. game, then you know it's going to end up either in April or the penultimate or the last week of the season. So yeah, I've been interested in one, but yeah, I think it's it's the next three games that are important. How are you looking yeah. at it, Gavin? Terms, I know you know we should hopefully find out at least by next week about the points deduction. Are you is your mindset that we're not getting any points back and we are firmly in a relegation? I, I think I think if I was to play in squad and dice, I'd be planning for not not getting anything back. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah. I don't think um, you can you can plan up. You know. We'll, we'll rest somebody today because we think we'll get a couple of points back or whatever. You know, you you, you played like you just you're ten points behind, um, and that's really my my feeling as a fan. As I said on the on the pod on Monday, um, I think unless there's some massive legal stuff going on, I think we and, and the way the commission went and the the our evidence. I know there's a lot of stuff come out since then on social media, which is perhaps. Not not necessarily totally hundred percent correct. Uh, my feeling is is that we we do well to get a couple of points back. Mm. The caveat to that is that I still just think we get the set on Monday. We get ten points across both commissions. I think will be my guess. I can't see a position where we get ten points in this one, and and then a further points deduction in the second commission. I think that the second commission will be mitigation. We've already had ten points for largely the same period, um, and 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 it, going back to the Tevez thing, where they where they tempered the tempered the, the punishment in because it was very late in the campaign. I think that would that rule should also apply here for the second commission. Um that they can't make a further points deduction later on. And I think my feeling is that we'll have ten points either way. And um but for for Dice and the playing squad and the, the board for financial planning purposes, all that type of stuff, we should just assume that it's ten points mm. and, and work from there. Everything's a bonus but ten points. Is that where your head's at as well? I mean that's that's the only way you can approach it. Yeah. Uh, like I say, I, I, you know, there, there are so many arguments, and you, know, I have a degree of sympathy for some of the ones that are being made. I have less sympathy for some of the others. You know, I think, I think we've always been clear. I think we were clear at the time that there have clearly been issues with the way in which Evans Football Club has been run, and I think that obviously, you know, we know that some punish. They admit the breach, so we know a punishment's coming. And there is a sliding scale as to how severe it is, and I think it was really poor in the of the, of the independent commission not to have explained how they got to ten points yeah. because that's what's leading to a lot of the uncertainty here. You know, it may well be that their starting point was five points, and then they thought that loads of aggravating factors are what lifted up beyond administration. But we can't, we don't know that because they didn't tell us. Um, my understanding is that when the verdict does come out, there will be another package there will be another report like there was with this one so they will detail their findings and i think you know more than the, the one lesson that the second commission the appeal commission has to learn from the first one is they've got to explain their, their their findings because and their reasoning for any decision that they make because that vacuum of insights is what has led to a lot of the kind of the arguments since a lot of the confusion since and no one really knowing where they stand you know dice players can only work on the basis that 
they're on minus 10. For me personally, I still think that it will probably get reduced in some way. Now, it might just be, I probably broadly aligned with Gav on this, where I think that I might, and this is not with any insight. This is just, just this is just me kind of riffing, essentially, or being riffing, yeah, you know, with a, a background in in the courts and you know, from previous jobs that I've done here. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if a scenario ended up where they eventually just end up with minus ten. Now, it might be they get some points back now, and they might be suspended, and then the second gotcha. breach then brings them back into play, things like that. But I um, I don't, yeah, I certainly hope they don't end up with more than ten. But I think there'll be a starting point that they'll get some points back. And given how tight it is at the bottom, any point is a massive boot. And, and given how long it, you know, how long it is they have, since they have had a win in, in the Premier League, any points is a huge bonus. And any points combined with a victory over Palace, I mean, that could be two hammer blows to a potential relegation rival that's already on its knees next week. Yeah, that's it. They go and beat Palace. They go and beat Palace 2 or 3 nil. Have Palace sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, we are in a scrappy and we're in a mess and we've got to sort things out. And then they go and get two points, three points, four points, whatever back and they leapfrog them. That completely changes the picture at the bottom end of the table. So, you know, I'm hopeful that there'll be some points that are returned to Everton, even if only temporarily there. I think that, um, you know, the reality is, though, whatever happens in that with the, with the appeal, because of the second case, there's no point clinging on to the idea that we're going to have any point this season where we think everything's going to be okay mm-hmm. you know this is even before you get onto the takeover stuff there's going to be a cloud hanging over ever and it's going to be uncertain we are not going to be able to and we are not going to be able to trust sean deitch constantly tells me that the only premier league table that he cares about is the one at the end of the season and the reality is we might not even be able to trust that one mm-hmm. because with the second case, with the Forest case, if if either of those end up going to appeal, the backstop date isn't the final day of the Premier League. It's the Premier League AGM, which is a week later. So, so technically, technically, the the table could change after the last ball's kicked. All ever can do in the meantime is just accumulate enough points, as many points as possible. However many points they accumulate, there's still going to be a nagging doubt in the back of our minds. But if they can take advantage of the situation I think is beginning to present itself on Monday, a big game where the cards for once are falling in Everton's favour, if they can take advantage of that, then what they can do is take a big step to just make in the next few months that a little bit easier. Or perhaps all of a sudden it goes from the potential goes from just staying outside the relegation zone to staying outside the relegation zone by this many points with this many teams beneath them. And that's something that they have to try and take yeah. advantage of when it comes their way. Yeah. So are you going to say something then? Or are you going to no, no, I, I agree. I agree with that, Joe. I mean, I think they did go on to this, had they gone, gone about it again, but the, the second commission, to be factors, I dare I say, about the Ukraine, which people said, oh, yeah, it was a big thing in the first one. It wasn't really. We had all the sponsorship money in that period of the time the commission was talking about, and it was a very tenuous discussion about this this stage in naming rights but in this in the second commission it will will impact us because we probably lost about 20 million pound because of the ukraine war and our sponsorship for 22 23 which they couldn't do a lot about and so there'll be it won't be the same discussion points in the second commission as it was will be in the first commission there'll be another discussion i think where we can probably got a, a bit of a stronger hand about our mitigating factors that wasn't there in the first one and so that that will help i think 
but yeah, I, I just we just got to just got to plan on 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 the the minus ten points and and, and take it from there for me. I think that's yeah. probably the important caveat that we probably need to add to our belief or our hope that Everton yeah. probably end up with around ten is is the fact that obviously we don't know what's in those Everton accounts and everything, yeah, that, everything that we know that we know yeah. and a lot of it is out there. It feels very much like the second breach is because of the first breach essentially like there does seem to be a bit of, of a potential double counting almost or yeah they were in a situation where things are so bad in the, with the first breach they couldn't get out of them by the second one i suppose yeah yeah it, um, absolutely but it is, obviously it all changes if if there's something there that we haven't counted as yeah. the the completely you know yeah, undermines heaven's we, position we so hopefully that isn't the case in the second commission we'll have an argument yeah. it's it's a, it's a bit like I was trying to think of a good analogy here. And there's an analogy in football. It happens a couple of times a season where there's a player. They commit a foul, but the referee plays on. Then they commit another foul, and the referee takes it back and awards a yellow card for the, the first offence mm. and then a yellow card for the second offence and sends them off. And the player says, well, if I known I was going to get a yellow card for the first offence, I wouldn't have gone in so strongly in the second. And we've got that, this, we've got that mitigation in, in the second commission that... When in this year that you're in this period you're talking about, we didn't know how we were going to get treated in the first period. We only knew that after the period had ended. So the period, the second commission looks at the end of twenty up to up to the end of twenty two, twenty three. Well, the the commission's rule and first was after that mm-hmm. that period ended. So we couldn't do anything about it. We couldn't change our behaviour. Bit like the player on the pitch, and I think um, I think that's a massive. Arguments in our in our in our case in in the, in the second one that we've we've not carried we've not been warned they they argue that we were warned but you know we didn't know the you know how stringent the penalty was for the first commission you know when we in this in this period of the time that we're talking about now for the second commission if we had known that we would have behaved differently and uh, I think that's the that's that's the thing in our favour in the in the second commission I think that wasn't the first time round I think the thing is there's so many permutations that are obviously yeah. are going to take place. Yeah. You know, today, whether we get an announcement today or next week, it's just it's just insane. But all we can do is go and be Crystal Palace. So can I just back to Crystal Palace then? Roy Hodgson, the manager, taking ill. Um, you know, this this week has cancelled his press conference and he was he was rushed to hospital, you know, surely. I know that we've mentioned again they're not in the best position, but you know, that's gonna have a, a negative impact on them surely as well. Yeah, well absolutely absolutely, but you don't want to you they wouldn't say that's good for us. You don't want to say Roy, Roy LD, no, you know, something not. like that. You need to point, point that out. But I think, regardless about Roy's health, if and if Roy, you know, hopefully he's okay. And if he was, you know, everything all being equal and he was in charge, he'd be struggling anyway, wouldn't he? Because mm-hmm. they, they, they have had a couple of results over the last five or six games. And it goes back at home to a team that's just above us in the, in the, in the Premier League. You've got to win that. If you don't win that, then you know you. When it comes to the end of the season, you're looking about ten point deductions and all weather refereeing decisions. If you don't beat a team that's struggling, who are just above you in the Premier League at home, mm. yeah. then you know you, you you're losing any argument that you've got for, for staying up, haven't you? Really, and at this style of view, how of you Monday? I think we'll take. I think we'll also take encouragement than the two FA Cup matches we didn't concede, did we? Mm. You know, and we we we. we Kept it tight at the back against them, and it was a it was Gomez, wasn't it? The uh, the goal, um, a, a game you probably expecting a game like that, aren't you? The two games yeah. we had in the FA Cup, it's going to be tight. Depleted as well, though, Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we certainly got within us to to win. You know, they don't necessarily play an expansive game. 
Judy, and um, yeah, it's 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 there to win for us, isn't it? Within our gift. Yeah, I mean, Joe, I depleted Crystal Palace, but maybe not so much depleted Everton injury latest because. Obviously, I know we're not going to have further updates until Dice speaks tomorrow, but you know we have had a little bit of an update with regards to Decore, Ben Godfrey, Dan Juma, Gomez, stuff like that. So Yeah, well, that's it. Well, I mean, obviously, Decore's back there training, so that looks positive news, and we we know just how much Kamara kind of State his importance to this, this, this side, of, of course. Um, yeah, Amadou Anana came on last week, um, and you know, he's had, what, eight days since by the time we get to Monday, so he should be in a position to start. Ben Godfrey's come out on Instagram and said that he's got over, you know, I think he referred to it as illness, which is why he came off during the second half against City. Um, so they're all positives. I think the big one for me going into this game is Amadou Anana, Um because I think that I'm really interested to see how he plays, bearing in mind that previously his job in these games has been to shackle or try and shackle Eberechiezi. Wonderful player. First first game against uh, Palace, obviously Everton won, but Eze just caused so many problems. And probably Eze, you know, we saw Haaland at the back end of the game last week get the better of Branthwaite. I actually thought Branthwaite did a really good job on Haaland for most of that game. I thought he was a bit unlucky with the way in which the second goal played out. It looked bad for him when really it was, it was just one of those things. And, you know, his his rise has been remarkable. And he carried on in a positive trajectory against um, against City, I thought, for most of that game. But other than Haaland, Eze is the one player that I've seen Brantwick caught, get I've seen really cause Brantwick problems. Obviously gave away a penalty um, in the first game at Southhurst Park. Nearly gave away a second one. Eze got booked, you know, probably touch and go as to whether or not that was a penalty there. Not having Eze running through the heart of Everton. Um, Everton really struggles to stop him coming from the middle. Um, and, well, they did in that game. This is the FA Cup game, Amadou and Nada did a really, really good job on Eze. Now he's not going to be purely defensive. He's going to have the opportunity to probably go in both ways. Yeah. He'll be back to full fitness or close to it with the time he's had since he got back. It's an opportunity for him to really take hold of a game. And I think for... Like, I like Anana. I think he's a really talented player. I think he is probably, I know it's a bit of a cliche, I think he's one of those players that would look a lot better in a side that is better than Everton. You know, I think he's, you could see him moving somewhere for 80, 90 million pounds in the summer. Yeah. Coming up, everyone going, oh, quite pleased with the amount of money that Everton have got there. And then all of a sudden he just turns into a world beater or someone like Arsenal. I think that is a, probably a, a relatively likely turn, turn, turn of events. Yeah. I think one of the things that we would like to see him more is perhaps... There haven't been that many games that he's dominated where he's just taken a game by the scruff of the neck and really driven Everton on. And I think this is a game where he's got the chance to because I think so much of the threat from Palace has been taken out of that side mm. because Elise's out and because Eze's out, because Czech Decore's out. He obviously this defensive Mark Way, he's out. There is an opportunity for Everton to kind of control the narrative here, for them to be the dominant side, then to set the tone. Amadou Anana, fresh back from injury, without having to kind of worry about some of the threats that the Palace do have. Yeah, it's a real opportunity for him. Mm. And to cover it, Gav, you know, mentioned that we haven't won a game in the league this year, but we haven't won a game without the Corre um, injured as well. Do you think, it, it seems like Dice... Decore's been running on the grass for like the past three or four weeks I know that's not been the case but anytime there's a press conference it's like he's back running on the yeah. grass is this just a case of Dice making sure Decore is back to 100% full fitness and he, he hasn't really wanted to you know, risk him a little bit because 
it has been a, it's a hamstring injury isn't it yeah it's a second hamstring injury yeah. over the christmas period wasn't yeah. it so it's a little bit delicate those hamstrings didn't, didn't we discuss on monday that there's two types of grass that the core is people <laughs> can be on isn't it there's a trainer on his own and trainer with the squad um yeah i mean i was just wondering whether if he'd not played city on saturday possibly but I'd, I'd like to see him back on the pitch. We discussed that. So we discussed on Monday's importance. Is impo- I mean, there's that we talk about there's importance on the dice, but the core stats since he joined the club, isn't it? It apparently going back even back to Ancelotti's time is yeah. our results when Favourite. the core is not in the squad. You know, since over the four years he's been there, are worse when he when he's away than when he's in in the team. Yeah, he's massively important to us. So I'd like to see him back. Anana. I thought Anana played well when he came on. on I, I thought him. he looked I really know, well. I he did. So, so he, go was really imp- he, yeah. uh, same, same to Chris, who was next to me. Yeah. It was really, really notable how desperate he was to have the ball, even in really tight situations where two or three players were on him. He just wanted the ball all the time. He looked so comfortable on it. Yeah, know? I mean, he, he did look like an 80 million pound player when he came on, didn't he? Uh, he I think sometimes playing against a team, who are far superior to Everton, maybe brings the best out of someone mm. on occasions. Like yeah, yeah. And I think, um, he, he, I thought he looked really good. He looked like a Manchester City player when he came on, to be fair. And I, I think he, it's important that he's back on the pitch as well. And Decore is as well. And, and, and Carver-Lewin obviously looks... Uh, not a completely different player, but there's less pressure on Carver Loom and the Corey's on the pitch, isn't it? Well, just sticking with that, then I'll stick with you. So I was going to say, if the Corey's in, then obviously that's that's great, that's what we want. But we just seem to have this debate and ask this question every single week, and it's probably going to continue until Dominic Carver Loom scores a goal. Dominic Carver Loom or Beto, but obviously, I would suggest that the Corey, you know, is in then it's the carpet living for me, but all know. day long, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, as we've shown, that that's our sort of most potent sort of front, front, front one or two, or front one and a half, possibly. Um, yeah, you'd have to have have to have those, those two. It, it's it's a system that worked for us before Christmas, and I think that's the that's the system that should should remain that way if, if the core is fit for the next few games. That that being said, you can't let Calvert Lewin go on a score the sum for you know adding for night can you at some point you may want to may want to change it. But for the moment, if the core comes back, you've got to you've got to retain Calvert Lewin. I think it'd be a bit unfair to to drop him, considering the the, the amount of extra pressure he's had while that the core's not being in the team as being the focal and lone point of attack that oppositions can just snuff out. Yeah, well, it's a catch twenty two situation, Joe. I think, isn't it? Because on the one hand, we do look, you know, we, I know the Corey hasn't played for a couple of weeks, but we look far superior and far better when it's Carvet Lewin and the Corey, you mm-hmm. know, the the top two. We don't know what's going to happen Monday. Carvet the Corey may play, and the um, Carvet Lewin might score a couple of goals. But how long now do we give Carvet Lewin a, a continued run in the team without without scoring? If obviously if he doesn't. Score. I mean, I, I, I certainly start think it's Palace. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that Everton's outlook for the season improves a whole lot if Dominic, start, Dominic Calvert-Lewin starts scoring goals again. And the only way of getting him into form or into goal-scoring form, I don't actually think his performance has been that bad, especially when you look at how isolated he's been for so many of these games. And, you know, again, we look back on this, these these fixtures and they say two of them were against Spurs, two of them were against Man City, one of them was against Aston Villa. You know, that's five games against three of the best defences probably in Europe. So, I mean, yeah. all at a time when his main support 
in Decore hasn't been available to him. And also at a time where because of the issues in the centre midfield, the wide players have been jockeyed in and out of position as well as as Evan have tried to deal with injury crises. So like I think that you, you persevere with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And I just think, again, you have to take the opportunities to create where, to create the conditions for positive momentum to build. And the best thing that could happen, one of the many good things, one of the most important good things that could happen to Evan is Dominic Calvert-Lewin starts scoring goals again. And again, talked about how big a win would be next week, how big a win could be with a points, you know, to get a couple of points back. Well, just imagine if we're on Friday here now. Imagine if this time next Friday we're sat here looking ahead to Brighton game and they'd be in Palace and they've got two points back and Anana and Decoria both started the last game and Calvert-Lewin has scored and broke that hoodoo. All of those four things are very, very plausible. Yeah. Like, whilst the opportunity is there, just grasp hold of it and just try and create those conditions for, you know, for the momentum to try and sweep Everton forward and take them forward. Because if Dominic Calvert-Lewin, the longer Dominic Calvert-Lewin goes without scoring, the more that issue kind of plays out, you know, he ain't going to score if he's not on the pitch. And I think he's, I just think he's a superior player to Beto. And I think that he is more central to Everton's hopes this season than Beto. I think Beto can play a role. I think he's still learning the English game. He hasn't had many opportunities. You know, I, yeah, there's the, there's a player there that can cause problems. And he's, he's done a reasonable job when he's been asked to deputise for him. But, you know, I, I would definitely stick with Calvert-Lewin on, on, on Saturday and, sorry, on, on, on Monday. Maybe you go, you know, if he doesn't, if he if he really struggles and he struggles even with Decore alongside him, maybe at that point you go, give him a little break for for Brighton, ask you know, let him go away for a couple of days, have a little bit of a reset, start Beto for Brighton, which is going to be a tough game anyway, not a, a game that Everton can't get anything from, but yeah. you know, you almost pick and choose your moments, and you know, it's fair to say as well as I mean Dominic Alvin didn't score in the five one of Brighton last season, but he was probably the most important player in that whole makeup because of, of how crucial he was to the goal set. Decorey's in the first minute and causing problems all the way through. Um, but it was almost pick and choose your moments. So perhaps don't, yeah, if you're going to rest him, rest him, you could have done this against Man City, rest him in a game where it's probably less likely that he's going to score. So you don't remove the opportunity for an easy win for him. Create the conditions where you can get an easy win. And it feels like this Palace game is an opportunity for so many easy wins that one or two, it only take one or two of them to fall Evans' way for all of a sudden the the kind of the the mood to, to lift quite dramatically. So I feel like Joe's manifesting this all these positive points. It's the more you talk about it, the more it's, it's going to happen. A goal yeah. for Carver Lewin, Everton, a win this time next week. Evan fifteenth, yeah, four points clear of the relegation zone. Carver Lewin's just hit two. See what I mean? All the players are back fit. Yeah, Joe. Joe's doing the team talk on Monday. Just to add to add to Joe's argument about Carver Lewin is, I think I'm right in saying, I think Crystal Palace is his joint favourite club for scoring. Yeah, he scored quite a few goals against Palace. Scored the last two home games against Palace, hasn't he? Scored last season. Scored obviously the season season before. So, as a striker, if, if I've got like a good record against a team. I don't want to be dropped. No, when you play, you just get you get as as long as being watching football strikers have teams that they for some reason like playing against mm. and always appear to score more and perform better against and 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 Carver Lewin and Crystal Palace is, is one of them teams for them I think and um, and that's another reason to play play them on Monday. I'll just be happy to show me stats to to dice. I think beforehand. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, um, seven seven seven. Gav, yeah. um, me and Joe did a pod yesterday, did a show you can watch on YouTube, Facebook, you can also listen to it on Apple and Spotify for the Royal Blue Podcast. Just just your thoughts on really what was like, a, a, you know, a little update, but also I've read um, this morning sources suggesting that uh, the Premier League have submitted new questions to yeah. 777, which is, you know, as far as I'm concerned that, and even more of an update from what me and Joe talked about yesterday. So, Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really good pod, by the way. Um, I was listening to this morning when Joe asked me to, to come in, so uh, I thought, you know, go from one pod to another. And and I think I, I can only add to what, what was said yesterday. Um, I think the issue for me is people are, you know, saying the Premier League, oh, they've got it in for us and, you know, throwing it, you know linking it to the commission and all that type of stuff. I'm not, I'm not so sure about the, the, the chalk and cheese. are two completely different things, aren't they? People, people want um, a decision on this not because they want a change of ownership per se. Is it's just because the club's finances are such that a decision needs to be made, doesn't it? You know, we're effectively we're doing the football equivalent of paying the mortgage by a credit by a credit card at the moment, aren't we? With them just giving us loans. If Everton were perfectly well run financially and had no issues and and Mercedes was was okay. There wouldn't be a mad rush to change the ownership, but it's because Mashir is being such a now now an absent landlord, and our finances basically need seven seven seven. That people want a decision, don't they? Mm. But unfortunately, football doesn't work that way, and there's a because of the nature of the, the takeover, who the takeover is, you know, who they are. Um, it will take as long as it it takes, unfortunately, and there's not a lot we can do about it. But but that does damage the club within it. And at the end of the day, I just want the right decision. I, I don't want the wrong decision that's done quickly, just to just to appease people. I just want the right decision. The problem with, with that is how that affects our finances. I said it. I think you said it. Is the fact that we didn't sell anybody in January indicates to me that the club's reasonably comfortable finance with their financials between now and the end of the season. So I take I take comfort comfort in that so if that's the case then if this rumbles on a little bit more that shouldn't harm harm us but i can see why people want want, want the decision now but i don't think it's some some part of some great premier league conspiracy to to harm us and damage us by delaying the decision these take time uh you know it's well quoted that the the newcastle one took forever didn't it um it's but within that slightly worrying and again you know, sto- you know, stories, whether you trust them or not, is that if there's asking for information, what, when, when was the paperwork done? September, was it? For the, the agreements. The, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you're still asking more for more paperwork, well, four, four or five months after the original interest, then that's slightly concerning. Maybe things are not progressing as quickly as what we've been led to believe and, I know the stories this week that we might hear by the end of February, but who knows? But I, I wouldn't throw this in with the commission as some sort of Premier League conspiracy. It'll take as long as it takes, unfortunately, and because of the nature of the deal, our financial position, who they are, in retrospect, it was never going to be a Jim Ratcliffe at Man United, was it? Really? Never. And, and, and we shouldn't compare the two. Cool. As mentioned, then you can listen to that podcast and watch that podcast on YouTube. Me and Joe sat down yesterday and talked for probably a lot longer than we originally specified to, didn't we? But yeah, it was a good, it was a good chat. I mean, Joe, you know, we can't really we've talked about the points deduction a little bit, but I just want to touch it 
a little bit more. You know, surely Everton, uh, surely the Premier League aren't going to wait till Monday now, went on the day that Everton played to, to release, you know, the, the findings and, you know, the decision. I think it would be um, be a real shame if they were to do that. I mean, that, that would be, like, I, I think, I don't think the Premier League have handled this situation particularly well. I don't think they've handled the, you know, the, the, a lot of this process particularly well to be perfectly honest um and um i think if they were to do it on monday with an everton game that evening i think that would just be ridiculous like they have to have some mind to learning from their mistakes about things like timing and the you know, optics does matter and also just giving everton a chance you know giving everton a chance to, to and fans a chance to process information and, and things like that like I just think that doing it on a game day would just be would just be cruel. Uh, not cruel. I just think it'd be. Stu- I think I just think it'd be stupid. It would and, antagonize, and I, think, and I think it'd be irresponsible. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you say it would antagonize. Obviously, they gave Evans, you know, four or five points back. It might galvanize a crowd, but yeah. like, you know, I um, yeah, like I, I think this have to be removed from the emotions of a match day. Um, and I also think that yeah, the the, the fear is that. Obviously, we're approaching Friday afternoon now. Friday afternoon and a Monday when everybody associated with Evans is going to be focusing on the game are both bad times unless you kind of want to bury it or you want it to only have a limited space in the news cycle. Um, you probably only do that if you thought you were going to get criticised even more for what's going to come out. <laughs> so, like, the timing would be quite telling if it ended up being 4 o'clock today or, you know, 12 o'clock on Everton game day. I just think that's... Yeah, I think the authorities, and I think you know, one of the problems with the Premier League, I think, is that it's having less and less of a of a view of from the fans' perspective. I think you look at everything from kickoff times to late changes to you know, to, to, to kickoff games to just the everything from VAR to yeah, you know, everything's kind of working against the match day fan, and everything's making the game taking the game far further and further away from what makes it so special for so many more for so many people and yeah the premier league kind of has a responsibility to not exacerbate that where it where it can and i think that releasing a report as important as this on monday would just be i just think it'd be irresponsible i think it'd be a poor show um so we'll see but surely if it's not today surely it won't be monday Terry McCormack, go on. Sorry, were you going to say. Something? I was going to say, listen on Monday as well. There affects Palace as well, doesn't it? Of course, yeah. You know, not just not just Everton. It's unfair on Palace. Mm. Well, Terry McCormack on YouTube has said it's taken too long to confirm a decision. Is the appeal decision being delayed until after the Palace game to avoid any backlash because of TV coverage? Is that? Would he take that into account? Possibly. Bear in mind the the the, the, the adverse. Is, yeah, it's on it. Sky, isn't it? Yeah. Um, bear in mind, well, we know what happened and. You know the Man United game, and you know thereafter, um, there has been criticism of rightly or wrongly of Sky's coverage. I think the if you were delivering bad news, you'd probably wait till after the Monday, where yeah. we've then got a fortnight to the next next home game. It's a good point from Terry, I think. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think that's, that's, I think that's I, a really fair point. Bad news yeah. for the Premier League or for Everton. If bad news for Everton, I think. Yeah, if 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 if, if it. You wouldn't you wouldn't get deliver bad news on Monday knowing that there's a game that night on on Sky. Bear in mind the criticism that both Sky and the Premier League have had. Um, it wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense really, would it? Uh, you would you would think you would leave it till till the day the day after. And but we're just, we're just speculating here, aren't we? we do, what we do know is that you know 
appeals. You don't, well, Joe, you've done you know, court, court cases and stuff. Not easily, you know, you don't just have to hear and then like 48 hours later, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to think things through and that, that takes time. Um, so you, you would hope that, but you know, sometime before, by this time next week, they said, the general expectation was mid-February, wasn't it? So, but this time next week is sort of getting on to the end of mid-February, if you know what I mean. Eugene McEver on YouTube says, I think Everton will win their appeal against Masters on the Premier League this week. I mean, Gabby, what, what, why would there be a hold-up? Why, you know, why, in your opinion, like, should, it's not, it's, I don't think there's a hold up at the moment. Do you think it's they almost, know? Do you think they know the decision now? Who? The Premier League. The Premier League or the Commission? Well, both. Uh, the, I think the Commission will probably have a, a rough idea where they're going with it. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I think that the lesson that they have to take from the last Commission is that everything has to be belt and braces. They have to make sure that whatever report they release is word perfect because they just they've now seen how much scrutiny will be applied to it so they can't afford to do a rush job on it or anything i'm not saying they would do it but i mean yeah these things these are very important matters and they take time to conclude and i'm sure that the panel will yeah, be meeting up and talk about things and they yeah it's, they'll be under a lot of pressure to almost more impression the the, the 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 bigger pressure on them is probably less on what their ultimate decision is and more how they deliver it and whether or not they deliver it in a way that creates grey areas for you know conspiracy theories to arise and questions to arise and for Scrooge need to probe at or not. And I think that you know, it probably take a bit longer because they'll want to make sure that they, they just have all all areas yeah. covered. One of the reasons why it take longer is is because the, of the vagueness of the well, there was no rationale for the ten points. Was that there was said like Everton, you know, spent too much on players and stuff, but there was no rationale how they got to ten points. And what, what, one of the things I think will add time to the, to the appeal and, and the wrapping up the appeal and publishing of the results is the fact that it is addressing a lot of lot of areas that the original decision did didn't cover, and I think that hasn't helped. And also as well, you know, this is the first one in the Premier League, isn't it? Really. This is the type of stuff that's used as a template for the future, isn't it? You know, Nottingham Forest to be looking at this type of stuff. So, um, in terms of, set, set, yeah, they're, they're slightly different, but I know what you mean. Uh, in terms of, they spoke about in the initial commission about setting a precedent, but I think this judgment does set a precedent, doesn't it? And, you know, the, the appeal therefore will reflect that. And I think that's why they'll probably take a lot more care on it than, say, if there was an appeal on the second mm. second commission, because they've got so, so much new stuff that's not being covered before in this type of um, decision to do. And I think that's that's all thrown into the mix in terms of, of why there's a delay. I wouldn't need... So Mike Hope on YouTube has said they've been quick enough to take the points away, though. Clearly, well, That's a separate discussion. YouTube. Yeah, that's a separate discussion whether the points should be taken away or not. Um, I, I've not... It, it goes back to what I said on Monday, doesn't it? That You've got this ridiculous position where we could have five different points totals this season. Mm. There is uh, what we've earned on the pitch, minus the ten points, minus a plus a couple of points back from an appeal. Then that goes, that changes again from the commission, second commission, and then that changes again from the second appeal. And it it is it, it's, it, I think it's more an issue for me of having the two commissions in the same mm. same year. Is it just doesn't work? What is important to bear in mind that is the Premier League wanted the appeal. The, the case has already been heard. They wanted that last season. Um, it was a commission that that, that, that put it back into, to, into the realms of this season. Mm. Premier League didn't want to be in a situation where they could potentially have two commissions in the same year. Yeah, uh, but but the, the within because of the timing of of the, the the first one, 
Um, you know, it was March, I think, the announcement, it was. wasn't it? It was, it was never going to be done by the end of the no. season. And worth remembering here, isn't it? And to be fair, when people said, oh, the commission's got it in for Everton, they rejected the Premier League's arguments about hearing it last year and, and supported Everton to do that. They, they, you know, that exactly. didn't have enough time to enough time to prepare the papers, which is quite right. So when they said, oh, the commission is biased against Everton, I'm not, I'm not so sure about it, about, you know, saying regarding, regarding that aspect, but it's... It, the whole thing is the two commissions thing is just a little bit of a bit of a farce, isn't it? Really, and they should. I don't know whether you heard my. I said before, haven't I? They should have just had one commission this year over four years, made a hundred and forty million threshold, and you just have you just have one one exercise. I think right, the two is just uh, just a bit of a joke, isn't it? Really, it's uh, what's what's that thing about comedy tragedy plus time, and we're getting into that. Um, yeah, it's just gone on so long this that we're now we've now gone from the dramatic bit it's become a little bit of a comedy hasn't it really and a bit of a farce mm. I like that you know that's what I'll I'll title the podcast on there it, it, it is, it, it, <laughs> by the end of the season it's going to be farcical isn't it yeah. it could be, it come, be could become absolutely just farcical another point is probably worth in relation to that last comment is winning the appeal doesn't mean that Evan don't get punished this isn't a case of yeah. this isn't an argument of whether Evan are guilty or not they, they accept guilt yeah. it's an argument over the severity and to a certain extent the nature of the punishment so yeah Evan I'll go whatever happens we're not going to move towards a situation where Evan don't get a punishment um, I still you know, I keep saying this on here you know, if if the commission comes back in any part of a an altered or reduced punishment includes a transfer ban and includes a summer. I'm not actually sure that that would be a win for Everton. Yeah. Okay, well, we're fast approaching an hour. We obviously just can't get enough speaking about Everton, so we'll just go back to Palace briefly, Joe. We'll do starting line-up and predictions. Um, I'm sure we've all got very similar starting line-ups, so if you want to go first, well, obviously... Pe- in- injury pending, but you know, yeah, I mean, the, the, probably the big question's right back, isn't it? Uh, Godfrey's done reasonably well the last last few games, but I, I'd still prefer having a specialist there. Um, I you know spoke, I, I kind of I wrote this story earlier in, in the week that I think if Evan had the ten points and were safe in mid table, I would be giving Patterson a run to because you'd have that safety net to give him the chance in the team to watch him over a sustained period of time and work out. Deitch clearly has questions over him. You might be able to kind of work through that with him and give him 10 starts and just make a decision whether or not that's an area that we need to look at in January, in, in the summer transfer window or whether Patterson looks like he's answering the questions enough that Deitch is, 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 his answers are strong enough that the questions that Deitch is posing him. Um, I think if Coleman's back, that's start Coleman. Um, because obviously especially right back. He's, you know, he, I remember being struck by how well he played in the FA Cup game at Palace uh, when he came into the side um, in, in that match. And obviously, you know, his experience is there and, and that's that's crucial, his experience, his maturity, his professionalism, particularly if you're going to take Ashley Young out the side, which is what I would do if Decorey's back fit because Decorey would come back into the middle and Jack Harrison mm-hmm. moves to the right for me. Um, and as you know, already said, Calvert-Lewin starts, no question. Prediction then? 2-0 to Everton. 2-0. And Calvert-Lewin scores one of his goals. I'll take that. Gav, one thing that we haven't actually touched on is that if the core is fit and eligible to be, available to play, we know when Arna's fit, we're going to have a bit of a midfield conundrum because we know Adrissa Garner uh, guy has been played, he's played very well yeah. since he's come back. So Good question. What, what does he do with that? It just struck me as to what we actually do and he, who drops out if the core comes in. 
I think Garnagay's played really well, hasn't he? Considering yeah. I had my doubts when he come back from the, the AFCON about, you know, whether it was too much to play immediately against Spurs and City's a tough game. It was a false step for the second goal. I mean, Garner's the one who probably, James Garner's the one who probably looks vulnerable there, doesn't he? Really, if you're going on current form and, 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 um, he's how, played I, a lot, hasn't he? Like he's a one player yeah. in that centre midfield that's been fit and available for this whole period of time. Isn't yeah, it? I think that's a fair shout. So, um, between us, I think we're probably saying you play Garner, Gay, Ananana, and Decore's back. Yeah, yeah. I think so, but I think Everton's best midfield three is Anana, Garner, and Decore. Mm. But obviously, it'd be very harsh to draw um, Guy. Yeah, I think, that's, I think yeah, I'm, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I think that yeah, Idrissa Gay has been very good in recent weeks, yeah. and yeah, yeah, that a bonus if you get to give James Carner a little bit of a break because you know, he is someone that has been absolutely ran to <laughs> like every single ounce that he's of energy he's got has been used up because I say he's the one player that's been constantly available for all this period. So you know what, giving him taking the opportunity to give him a little bit of a break might not be a bad thing. Prediction. Dice rest and plays. That's a that's a new one, isn't it? Yeah. Really. Uh, prediction. I was going to go with two 0 before Joe said two 0 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's bad. So I'm still going to go with it. Has a, it has a feel of a two 0 go game, doesn't so. it? Really. Um, three one down. Three one. Two Everton. Yeah, obviously. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think I just think we're a bit defensively we're okay at the moment. Maybe possibly against Spade we were a little bit a little bit lax, uh, but over ninety minutes and. Palace didn't oppose any sort of threat really over the two games in the FA Cup and they're probably a little bit weaker since then. So I think a, a clean sheet to add to Jordan's tally, hopefully, yeah, will be will be good. Well, oh, oh, my morning reading this morning, Mason and Sutton had predicted that we'd win. So all the pundits are gone for them. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure that tells us more about you than uh... <laughs> Well, you know, morning reading, see it about Everton. Okay, well, we're in injury time. I think that probably is going to do us, isn't it? Hopefully, uh, an Everton win on Monday. Points deduction scraped off the uh, off the boards. Yeah. Everton uh, looking high and handsome on uh, you know up the table could be a, a thing next week. Mid table by the West Ham game. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Joe? Anything else you want to? Uh... Be nice that one again. Are we nice? Want to say? No, that's 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 it. Yeah. Cool. All good then. Gav, thanks very much, Joe. Thanks very much. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.